time. And we'll just turn back to 1 Peter chapter number 2 and uh, pick back up and continue on with this chapter. Uh, the um, Bible is uh, um, exhorting us here again uh, to hit us at the right time. We are dealing with suffering. Um, Peter has exhorted them um, consistently through the scriptures. He would constantly remind them one thing he tries to keep on their mind constantly uh, is what they are by the grace of God. Um, telling them, you know, oh, if you go back all the way to the first chapter, uh, you're going to see how that you're elect and uh, your election of God. You're going to see your um, uh, through sanctification of the spirit. Um, you've got an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and uh, reserved. It fadeth not away, uh, kept by the power of God and all those wonderful things. And then he would come through with some expectations for us and how to deal uh, with our suffering in these last days. And uh, then he would switch gears and go back again and say, uh, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible and uh, purified your souls and obeying the truth. And so he would constantly um, have them being mindful of what they are by the grace of God uh, and not what they were, mainly what they are. And then continues on giving out expectations to much is given, much is required. And uh, the Lord has some expectations. He expects us to live holy and live right and be filled with love and uh, prayers and all those wonderful things that he has expectations for. Uh, but uh, then he goes on into chapter number two and has some more expectations of what to put off as well as what to pour in. Uh, pouring in the word and putting off all the fleshly uh, things in verse 1 and again reminding them this is not an unreasonable expectation seeing what they are. Um, God's never required us to do anything that he has not provided for us uh, in the person of Christ the ability to do that. Uh, so uh, we have no we are without excuse. Uh, everything God requires and asks us to do he's given us the ability and the power uh, to do it. And so there should be no excuses for us. Uh, sadly, the, uh, there is at times. But uh, so he reminds them again that you're also lively stones, just as uh, Jesus, this chief cornerstone. You are uh, uh, just as, just like him. You're uh, Christ-like Christians. And so um, he goes on down in chapter two of First Peter. And comes down to verse number nine, reminds them uh, how precious that they are to the Lord. They're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, uh, peculiar people. In times past, we're not a people. And goes on and reminds them, hey, look, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be here and uh, kind of thing. And that's kind of how I feel with what's going on now with this virus. I kind of feel like we've taken for granted uh, a lot of our blessings that we've had in this nation, especially in the uh, Christian churches around our, uh, especially in the South. Uh, we are blessed with great liberty and freedom uh, to worship God without fear of government intervention. Uh, we can preach the whole counsel of God. Nobody's ever stopped me from uh, preaching what the Bible says. And uh, so uh, we've had great liberty, great freedom. Uh, and we have taken that for granted and chosen other things uh, and let our blessings uh, um, oftentimes spoil us and get us to the places where we are uh, not obeying the Lord. Because we're enjoying the, blessing, enjoying the blessings of God. And the blessings sometimes have a tendency to do that. Uh, uh, sometimes in the, um, we'll get caught up with so much of the blessings.
blessing, we forget all that uh, uh, is required of us from the blesser. So we need to be careful of that. And I think that's maybe what the Lord's trying to show us in these times is that we don't need to take for granted uh, being able to assemble together because the, the verse will still stand uh, that uh, forsake not the assembly yourselves together, even if the government was to turn on us and you see how easily and quickly that they could turn and shut us down, attempt to, uh, and drive us underground. Uh, God would still expect for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as a matter of some is. So the expectation would still be there, even if the freedom and the liberty to do so is not. And it would be quite a difficult thing to do that. Uh, ask some of these that are in the 1040 window or some of these other areas where the gospel's not welcome. And they're having to meet privately and quietly without anybody knowing. And every time with fear that somebody's told on them or a government's going to come in, lock them up, put them in prison. Uh, and so we've enjoyed not having that kind of fear for a long time. Um, and yet our churches are smaller in number and we are less faithful now uh, with all the freedom and the prosperity. Uh, so something's wrong with us. Nothing is wrong with what God, how God's raising his children. Uh, God's been faithful and been good to us. I think the problem is with us. We have gotten spoiled or we have gotten um, to where we are enjoying too much of ourselves and our own time, spending it in ways that are not wise. Uh, so we need to be thankful for being able to come and to meet together. Uh, because I don't, I told somebody the other day, I don't know how much longer I can preach to a camera. I appreciate my family being here, uh, but it's quite difficult and quite depressing uh, to preach sitting here looking at a black circle on the top of our wall here in the back of the auditorium. And uh, I would hate to know we would have to continue like that for a long period of time. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case here, but uh, it could be um, where we're having to um, meet in secret and do things like that. And so I want to just be thankful when we come back together, if the Lord allows us to, I want to come back to church. I want to lay aside all the weight and sin that's easily besetting, uh, that's often grieving the Spirit of God. And I want to come back ready to serve God and ready to worship Him in spirit and truth. Jesus told and said, uh, there are times coming where they'll worship neither in this mountain, uh, but they're going to worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father seeketh such to worship Him. Uh, and so we need to worship God in spirit and truth. And we, we need to not neglect, not just the assembling of ourselves, uh, but the corporate worship of God uh, in a manner that's acceptable to the Lord. And so we, I think it will help us to uh, be much more mindful and thankful of what God has provided for us in this great country, uh, for us to live in freedom and liberty, to worship God wherever you want to. You can worship God out here on the street if you want to, and the government's not going to lock you up for it. Uh, you ought to think, we ought to thank the Lord for that. And I've have never had a reason really to thank him. I've took it for granted, I suppose. Uh, get out here with signs on the street and hold up signs, witness, you know, tell people about Jesus. Give gospel tracts has never been, I've never been arrested for that. I've been uh, in Maryville, they're a little bit different. They, they don't want you street preaching. We were approached several times for that. Uh, for various reasons, but uh, as a whole, I can say that I have had liberty to do what God has asked me to do without fear of my government intervening. 
And so I've taken that for granted, and so I want to not do that. I want to be appreciative. The Lord uh, has provided some great blessings for us in this country. And we should thank him for it. So he, uh, after laying out all those wonderful things, he turns to him and says, Now, I want you to abstain from these fleshly lusts um, because you're pilgrims in a strange country. And if you think about those Jews uh, as they were traveling through strange lands, uh, God would always warn them. One reason why he told them not to be unequally yoked together uh, and marry uh, other uh, non-Jewish people, Gentiles, uh, was because their hearts would be turned after strange gods. They would learn their customs and their ways. And could you see it when they come out of Egypt? Uh, would to God we were back in Egypt where we could enjoy the things that they had in Egypt. And so we need to be careful. We are pilgrims. We're in a strange land. But there's things in this strange land that uh, will uh, attract our flesh that we have to be extremely careful about. Uh, and it's not so much our neighbor we need to watch as much as it is uh, the dog that's inside of us that we need to watch because that's what he warns us in verse 11 of 1 Peter 2. Uh, to abstain from fleshly lusts. So uh, we are to walk in the war uh, and live right and live holy. That was the uh, one place where we had started last week uh, that in a strange land, how are we to supposed to live uh, in this strange land? Number one, we're to be holy. As pilgrims, we should be holy. Uh, in verse number 12, having your conversation honest. So uh, we should be holy, but we should also be honest. Our walk should match our words. Um, if you have to hide it, it's probably not right. If you can't do it out in public, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Um, if you can't watch it with, as Jesus was uh, sitting there with you, then I wouldn't watch it. Uh, if you can't wear it and your pastor's going to see you, then I just wouldn't wear it. Uh, if we say we're going to believe something, uh, then I'm not for uh, a lot of times uh, our independent churches have been attacked with saying we believe things and we'll preach them in our pulpits. Uh, but uh, they're scattered throughout even all the leadership uh, guilty of the very things we preach against. And so we have to be extremely careful uh, that uh, the world sees us walking according to our words. If we say something, let's be honest. Let's just live the way that we are. And if we're not, then let's just be honest about that too. I'd rather just deal with somebody that was real and not a put on, a hypocrite, trying to be something that they're not. We've all got problems. We've all got failures, faults, weights, sins. Um, we've all got all kinds of issues like that. And I'd rather just be honest and just be who we are than to try to dress it all up and look right and then get caught out in the community doing different. You look foolish when you do that. And so uh, the best thing to do is just to be, uh, to be humble is the next, let's look at verse number 13. Uh, so we're we're going to be uh, holy. We're going to be honest. And then verse 13 says, Submit yourselves to everyone as a man uh, for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Uh, so we need to see in verse number 14, we need to be humble. Uh, for so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And uh, that's God's way of always doing things. Just do right. Uh, I believe it was Sexton or I can't remember who said it, but um, he said, uh, just until the stars fall, just do right. And I believe that's a good thing to live by, but be humble and just do right. 
Uh, we're not going to rise up and all that. We're just going to humble ourselves. Uh, in verse number 13, uh, we submit ourselves to every ordinance of man uh, as unto governors, kings, uh, and we do that not unto them, but we're doing that as unto the Lord uh, because we're bearing his name. And so we want to present uh, uh, our Lord in a, a good fashion when we're out there uh, in the world. Now, verse number 14, or unto governors is unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. So we, we looked at several of those last week. We ended there. We looked at Daniel. Uh, we looked at three Hebrews. We looked at, um, uh, if you look at Paul, even with Ananias, when he was struck, uh, and he turned to him and he said, thou whited wall, uh, and started uh, scolding him for commanding others to smite him on the cheek. And uh, then those men turned to Paul and said, are you speaking to our high priest that way? And Paul said, I wish not that it was the high priest and uh, or, uh, because God said not to speak to him that way. And uh, so even Paul had a respect uh, for um, those that were in positions of authority. Uh, and I believe that's what he's saying there. I believe he knew uh, who the high priest was because he came uh, out with orders before he got saved from the high priest um, to stamp out Christianity. So I don't think it's not that he didn't know. Maybe he didn't see him. Maybe he did not know who it was. Uh, I, in the sense of physically being able to see him. I don't know what the case was, but he did make that statement that what the Lord said that he was not supposed to do that. And so he would have had respect to him if he had known. And I believe that he was not being a smart aleck there. I believe he was being serious. Uh, so we should do the same thing. We don't need to speak evil against dignities and powers and those that are in positions in our government um, and uh, those that are in leadership positions trying to do the best that they can. So we need to be humble. Uh, and then verse, go with me to verse number, uh, see, verse number 15, so is the will of God. Verse 16, uh, <coughs> excuse me, verse 16, as free and not using your liberty uh, for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Uh, and we look back at this doulos slave, this bond slave of Jesus, how, uh, one that was so uh, in love with his master, he chose not to go free, uh, but chose to serve his master uh, all forever. And that's me and you. We have been set free, uh, not free to sin, but free to serve. We've been set at liberty uh, to live right and to live holy. And having tasted of the Lord, having been experienced his grace, we gladly and willfully submit ourselves to such a loving Savior and such a great leader. And so uh, that is uh, how that we are. He says, as free, uh, but don't use your liberty as a cloak of maliciousness to injure people, uh, hiding behind the mask of being a Christian. Uh, I know people that would do that. that um, I, something comes to my mind, came to my mind the other day. Uh, as I was growing up, I didn't like how a lot of people that called themselves Christians were very weak. Um, not meek, they were very weak, and they would not deal with situations, and they hide behind being a Christian uh, in order to do that. God never intends for us to do that. Uh, he's called us to be soldiers in a warfare, and he's called us to be men like we're supposed to be, and we're not supposed to be hiding and cowardice. We're supposed to be humble, yes, and submitting ourselves, uh, but we are free men that have willingly chose to obey the Lord Jesus Christ and serve and love him. 
and so we don't hide behind a mask of, well, I'm a Christian, I can't deal with that. Uh, that is silly. Uh, but we shouldn't hide behind our freedom and liberty uh, as an excuse not to do right. And uh, it would be right to obey is what he's talking about there is verse the previous verses in 13 and 14. Uh, so as free, not using your liberty in verse 16, verse number 17, uh, we see uh, the wisdom uh, here, verse number 17, uh, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Uh, and this word honor here, I wrote down this word honor here, uh, this word honor means to value, place value upon, to value uh, to show respect. I'm, I think this is, uh, I, don't, I don't understand how this has crept in uh, to fundamental churches. I don't know how, where it came from, uh, but it seems to be that some are in competition to who can be the meanest preacher. Uh, I don't think that's the uh, way of Christ. I don't see uh, Christ being that way. I, I think some people uh, make a ministry out of being so uh, cruelly controversial uh, that they get a lot of attention for that, but I don't see that being the uh, expectation of the Lord. The Lord told us to honor all men, and we're to be a respectful people. There's nothing spiritual about being uh, uh, disrespectful or being um, uh, uh, having our uh, uh, head up high like we're somebody better than everybody else and that kind of spirit. Uh, we're supposed to honor all men. We're supposed to respect everybody. Uh, place value upon human life and value upon people. Uh, they're not to be used. They're not to be uh, talked down about. Christ made that person. Uh, they are created by God. They've been saved and born into the family of God. And who are we? To, uh, out of one side of our mouth we curse and out of the other side we bless. And uh, that's not the manner in which God wants us to live. We're supposed to show honor and respect the people. I, I don't know where we think that it's right to be disrespectful. Our young uh, generation, well, I think this is somewhat talking about uh, just plain out respect that we ought to be taught. I know um, that seems silly, but just good old-fashioned manners of being respectful to others, being uh, 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 when uh, we are around other people, prefer them over ourselves, and uh, being respectful, humble, generous, and respectful people. Uh, uh, people matter. I've heard people say things, preachers preach, and they say, uh, well, I, I wish they'd go on down the road. Or they look better going than coming, or uh, all those kinds of things. And I don't think that's the spirit. And which we ought to be. I, I know other people, even in churches, not just preachers, that have the same kind of idea uh, that, uh, well, we'd be better off without them. I just don't think that's true. I think uh, God puts a value on people. I believe they're valuable. I believe uh, Christ died for all. I believe they're, uh, they're valuable. They may get on your nerves and they may get on my nerves. Uh, I probably get on your nerves at some point. You probably get on mine. Uh, but we're supposed to place value upon people. They're, uh, they're important. God loved them, died for them, wrote their members in a book and recorded it. Uh, God knows uh, our hearts and, and uh, uh, sometimes we get out of the way, but we ought to apologize when we do. We ought to uh, be man enough to be respectful and treat people with honor uh, and dignity. Not just preachers. I, I'm, for, uh, I'm for honoring and giving respect and honor to preachers. I love preachers and um, God's used so many different preachers in my life to help me. I'd be a bigger mess than I am now without some of the preachers God 
has put in my life. Uh, but just the average person, the uh, uh, the least comely of all of our members, and Corinthians talks about, uh, we ought to give more honor to those that uh, uh, we may not uh, um, seemingly see. We we place value and honor upon uh, what somebody's uh, status is in the community or how much they give to the church. I know some people, uh, some pastors will spend their time and they'll give more of their time and energy to people because they give the most. I, I don't think you ought to place value on a person because of how much they give. Uh, Jesus said there's one lady gave more than everybody and though it wasn't as much in, in dollar amount, uh, it was where he was looking at in the heart. And, uh, and we shouldn't place value upon people based on any kind of social standing or um, uh, where they are in the church or, 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 or any of those things, how much they give or how much they don't give. Um, uh, we are to honor all men. I don't see any qualifiers here. Uh, I don't see only honor those that deserve it, which is the way most of us were raised. If you want respect, you got to earn it, but that's not biblical. You and I are supposed to be a respectful people no matter how they're treating us. That doesn't mean we don't tell the truth. I can be respectful to uh, some to a drunk, uh, to an alcoholic. I can be respectful to him, though I'm having to tell him he's going to go to hell when he dies. I can still be respectful to him. Uh, and so there's no qualifiers here. We're to honor all men. Uh, we are to be respectful to everybody, even those that mistreat us. The Bible uh, talks about uh, all the time that uh, great is your reward in heaven when people speak all manner of evil against you for my name's sake. Uh, and so uh, we should be glad and uh, um, uh, be joyful because great is our reward in heaven. Uh, I, I, this uh, Jesus came to institute that. He came and he said, you've heard in your laws, eye for an eye. But I'm here to tell you, do good to those that hate you and mistreat you. Pray for them. Lend to those that just use you. Do that, that, that's, that's the higher law under grace that we're under now. Uh, that wasn't uh, part of the Old Testament uh, law. Uh, we are under a higher law now, a much higher law under grace, in which we're expected to be good to people that hate our guts. And that's not easy to do. You'll find it very difficult to be good to people that don't uh, like you. Um, uh, that's uh, especially in this age of, uh, of how many likes can we get, uh, especially in this age of uh, who all commented on my photo, uh, uh, in this needy age of uh, being uh, what needing uh, uh, noticed and, and uh, all of those things. It's a, um, a day in which we live and people thrive off of those things and uh, but you and I, we don't do that for any other reason other than the Bible told me and you that we are to honor all men. And so we give respect and honor and show dignity and place value upon everybody, um, all men. Love the brotherhood. We're supposed to do good to all men, but especially those, I believe it's talking here about the household of faith. Uh, we should not neglect our church brethren, our loved ones that we have, uh, that we've been born into his family. Uh, we should love them more than anybody. We should show them uh, great respect and honor. But now fear God and then honor the king. It's the same thing that he's been dealing with in the previous verses. Uh, so we're to be honorable. We're supposed to show honor. 
uh, to these kings and to all men. And be a respectful people. Uh, I don't ever uh, like to see any young person being disrespectful uh, to an older person. Even in the Old Testament when an aged man would come in of the hoary head, the Bible, the young people, should they would stand up. And I always wondered why um, Brother Ray Bearden would uh, always taught me this when I first got saved, uh, how that when I would... Um, uh, when somebody would come through to shake his hand, he would stand up. And so I had just recently been saved, and I'd never seen anything like that. I thought, uh, what in the world are we wasting our time standing up for? They're nobody, you know. I mean, I, it's just, I didn't understand all those things. And uh, that's some kind of, that's biblical. That's just showing honor to somebody. Uh, when men used to tip their hats at ladies or uh, take their hat off before they'd sit down at the table or uh, just showing honor and respect uh, uh, for things and for people. Uh, and so so we should continue that. We should never be disrespectful, never smart off to, to, to an older person, young person. Uh, respect and honor all people. Don't, uh, don't be that kind of spirit. I, you, can, you can mark a Christian sometimes. Uh, we talk about what they wear. But, you know, a lot of times you can, uh, I have even thought to myself, I bet you that person's a Christian because they're some of the most respectful kind people I've ever met. And come to find out one fella, I don't think he's a Christian, at least he's not uh, faithful to any church that I know of, but he's one of the most respectful, kind people that I know. And that ought to mark us as Christians. We ought to be some of the most kind, honorable, uh, showing honor and love um, uh, people in all of the world. Now, verse number 18, uh, we'll go on down here and look at verse number 18. How that uh, uh, this hits us kind of during this time for many of you. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, uh, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the froward. And so here we're being exhorted, I believe, um, I, when I was working for the phone company all those years, uh, I had a boss who was quite uh, the Bible uses froward here. I, I guess that's a word. I don't contrary. I, I don't know what words you want to use. Um, I, 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 I let me just uh, just stick with Bible words here. Uh, but he was a very difficult person to deal with. Let me say, difficult would be a good word I'd like to use. And um, I, I had a heart. I wanted to. I was aggravated because I had been moved far away from my home church, and there'd be times on Wednesday nights, no matter how hard I'd try to get in, I wouldn't make it because they were forcing us to work overtime and uh, uh, all those different things. And I got so aggravated and mad, and I, I bucked him and fought him and went to the union and went, um, you know, all these different things. And then uh, my pastor one time uh, preached from these verses. And uh, he was preaching on servants being subject to your masters with all fear, uh, not only to good masters, but to bad ones, ones that uh, mistreat you, ones that maybe don't understand uh, what it's like to lead and be a Christian and all of those things, even the ones that uh, are, are very contrary to you. And they don't care that you've got a family. And uh, I know many of you are dealing with that now, going through these times that uh, uh, these companies are um, wanting, even before all this virus came, 
thing, the uh, thing that companies were doing was laying off as many people as they could and then killing everybody that was left over and working them on to death. And, uh, and so I understand that kind of thing. I know that, uh, but I know as a, as a Christian to have a good testimony, uh, we cannot be fighting our bosses and being, uh, being rebellious, being um, uh, standing against them. And uh, uh, we always have the option to quit and find another job if we don't like it. Uh, but I don't see anything in here where we're going to take up uh, uh, against them and band together and be a bunch of rebels. Uh, the Bible says here that we are to be subject to. So that means uh, that word be subject to, it means to obey. Uh, so we are to obey our masters. Um, if, they, if they're your boss, uh, you are to obey them and do what they've asked you to do. Uh, again, within the, the, the rules, just like we have here, they don't cross the Bible. Um, but uh, we are to obey them no matter if they're good, kind-hearted bosses like my boss I used to have over here, Travis Diggs and Harriman. I had him for many years, and he was easy to serve. He, he was good to you. He'd take care of you. Uh, he, man, he would bend over backwards to help you, and he was easy to obey because he was a good person as well. But what Peter's exhorting us here is not just those kind of bosses, but the ones that you dread, the ones that, um, the ones that are cruel and unusual, um, and you'd like to, um, well, uh, so uh, he said to obey them too, and so you've got to obey them. I know it's difficult. I've been there. I know, uh, but um, it's difficult to do, but God will honor you to, for, for honoring them and for obeying your, your bosses and those that have authority over you, no matter what their spirit's like. Uh, God doesn't let us respond to people based on how they treat us. Um, that's not how he did. He left us an example, and he's going to teach us that here uh, in verse 19. Look at verse 19. Uh, For this is thankworthy. This is acceptable. This is acceptable to God. If a man uh, for conscience towards God endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Uh, you could take, uh, for example, you could take David. David was being sought uh, by Saul, and David was uh, had never done anything but played instruments for Saul. He uh, tried to soothe Saul's evil spirits when he got full of the devil. And uh, David did nothing but love Saul. He was good to Saul. He would, uh, uh, at times and opportunities that he had to um, to do many things that were against Saul, he didn't. He said, "I shall not touch the Lord's anointed." And so he honored. Saul, and he was good to Saul, and he was kind to him, and uh, he didn't go around bad-mouthing Saul and saying, trying to build up his own little army in the background by bad-mouthing every decision Saul made. He served Saul and loved him uh, and served him well and honorably. But then Saul turned on him one day because Saul uh, got to see him the world as him versus the world. And so everything in the leadership of the life of Saul uh, towards the end was all about avenging Saul of his enemies. And he didn't care if he killed everybody in the church. Uh, He had enemies and it was him versus the world. And so David got in the way of that program. And so Saul sought to kill him uh, because he could tell the people loved David. And so Saul uh, caused David uh, to suffer wrongfully. David had done right. He didn't do anything deserving of what he got. Uh, But he suffered it anyway and kept a good attitude through the whole thing uh, and just stayed close 
close to God, and God honored him for that. And so um, that is thankworthy. That is acceptable to the Lord. Some of us, uh, we get the idea we're suffering for Jesus, and we brought it all on ourselves. I'll, I'll have people call me all the time, do you pay bills? Yeah, I pay bills. I pay my own. I've been paying them for a long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, they'll say, well, uh, would you pay my bill? Uh, and then you, you see them down the road buying beer and cigarettes. Uh, you're not suffering uh, being poor, not being able to pay your light bill when you're buying beer and cigarettes. Uh, you're just being uh, stupid with your money. You need to be smart with what God's given you and throw the beer and the cigarettes out. Uh, if you can't pay the light bill, uh, then uh, certainly you can't afford beer and cigarettes. Uh, but they, they want uh, people to prop them up and they've got uh, iPhone 11s and uh, uh, unlimited data plans and everybody in the house has got a flat screen TV. Uh, but they can't pay the light bill. Uh, you need to get your priorities in line, friend. You, you're, not, uh, you're not suffering uh, because of any other reason other than your own decisions. Uh, sometimes we get in our mind we're really suffering for Jesus when really it's our own rebellious and our own uh, uh, decisions that have put us in a place uh, where we uh, are suffering, not because we've been suffering doing right. Uh, we're suffering for doing wrong most of the time, uh, but we want to look spiritual and act like we're really suffering for Jesus uh, when the fact is we brought it all on ourselves. Uh, and so we don't need to do that. David has given us a good example here. Servants be subject to your masters. He certainly was that. And he certainly even, and so here's the outcome. God said, look, you're not going to get any reward in this life maybe. The more I was nicer to my boss that was, that was cruel, uh, he made it worse. And I thought, now God, I thought you said if I do right, then you would... God never promised the outcome. He may continue to single you out, especially when he finds out you're a Christian. Uh, he said an awful curse word using the Lord's name in vain one time. And I told him not to say that word in front of me because I was a Christian. And uh, he said, well, I'm a Christian too. From that day on, he hated my guts. And it didn't matter how nice I was to that man or how obedient I was to him. It did not change how he was towards me. God didn't say it was going to change your situation. He just said, do it because it's right to do. Uh, didn't change his situation. They killed him anyway. Uh, but he wasn't looking to change the situation. He was looking to just honor God. He is going to do the will of his father, uh, whether it changed the situation or it didn't. And so that's what sometimes we get in our mind. If I'll do such and such, it will change and make this situation easier. No, it might make it worse. It might make it worse. But that, the point is to not make life easier for me and you. And I think sometimes we spend a lot of energy trying to make our lives easier, more enjoyable. Uh, Jesus said, in this life you shall have tribulation. No, nothing's ever been promised to us to have an easy, enjoyable life. Uh, we can enjoy it with the joy of the Lord, but we're going to have hardships, sufferings, and battles. And so you're going to do this because it's right to do. You're a servant. He's the master. And Jesus said to obey him, and uh, whether you like it or not, and it may never change the situation. In fact, he may even fire you for doing right. Who knows what may happen? Uh, but you can honor God through it. God will take care of you. Uh, so it's thankworthy of a man's conscious endure grief uh, towards God, suffer wrongfully. But what glory is, see, um, verse number 20, for what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, patiently, excuse me, this is acceptable with God. And so uh, this is uh, something that ought to help us during these times. A lot of suffering going on uh, in these days. And um, 
We need to remember as we're suffering here, going through various things, no matter where you are or what you're going through, this will hold true to you, uh, that if you take this suffering patiently, it is acceptable with God. Uh, and so uh, don't, don't uh, try to uh, live so much this way. Uh, and trying to make your situation better or trying to make life easier for you. If I could, if I could just get this higher paying job, if I could just get more money, if I, if I could change bosses, I, I did this one time. I had another boss and me and him just could not get along. We ended up being pretty good friends when it was over with. Uh, but um, me and him just butted heads. He was just different, and I was different. And um, so anyway, we we and so I thought, you know, I'm not putting up with this again. I've done this once. I have passed this grade already. I'm going to move. And so I put my letter in to move locations within the company and get away from that man, so I didn't have to put up with it anymore. And um, and so here's what God did. Uh, God reorganized the entire company and put within two months and had that man as my boss. He moved that man's location to mine. So I had to face it again. You can't run from your problems. You can't run from your situation. Changing locations isn't going to change what's wrong with you. Um, the problem's not everybody else. And I came to find out the problem was me. Uh, I had an expectation of what I thought should, things should be and how things should go and what I deserved and all those types of things. And, um, you know, that was God showed me real quick that it's not about me having an easy life or a good life or having uh, no hardship or uh, trying to uh, get away from people. People that aren't nice to me or whatever the case is. Uh, in fact, he puts us in those very situations as an opportunity to show the love of God to people that might never see it otherwise. I don't know what would show the love of God to a person more if they were just ornery and mean and hateful and you just loved them and prayed for them and did what they asked you to do humbly. That's going to speak volumes to that person and put hot coals of fire on their head and uh, it'll be hard for them to get away from that and they certainly won't at the judgment uh, when they meet God. Uh, but it might make a difference in their life. It might bring them to Jesus. So when you're out there working young people uh, and you get a boss that's cruel and mean and all those things, um, you know, you can uh, try to run from it if you want to, uh, but you might just go down the road and get a boss worse than that. I think I would learn how to let Jesus help me to be the right servant through that situation. And God will help you to do that. If he can suffer people ripping his beard out, uh, hairs off of his face and plowed deep verse in his back if he can live through people spitting in his face now there's a lot I can put up with I can put up with a lot I'd like to think but if somebody spit in my face I just I'm not sure how well I can handle that I, I'm, not, I'm just not sure I, you may we may have to vote for another pastor here I don't know what I would do I don't know how well I could deal with somebody spitting in my face now that's just about nasty and um, I'm hoping I'm getting some kind of amen out there in the internet world. Uh, but uh, if Jesus can put up with those kind of things, having done no wrong, he had never had a thought that was contrary uh, to the will of God. And uh, if he can suffer like that, the just for the unjust, the um, uh, great uh, loving Savior that we know and love, he has left us an example that we should do exactly what he's doing. So I don't know what you're going through out there. There's maybe people mistreating you on the job. Maybe you've got a husband that doesn't appreciate you. Um, and doesn't treat you the way that you think you deserve to be treated, and he's wrong for that. But uh, the Bible still says you can have a good spirit through it. You don't have to revile him when he reviles you. 
Uh, you don't have to pay him back for what he's done and burn his supper tonight. You don't have to uh, uh, get your boss back. Well, I'll show him. I'll turn him in to his boss and get him in trouble and get rid of him and all those things. You don't have to go through all that. Uh, you, you can just let God help you to be at peace and just do what you're asked to do and be a good servant and have a good testimony for the Lord. And it will make a difference in somebody's life. And we're about done here. Uh, but for what glory is it when you be buffeted, but when you take it patiently, for even hereunto were you called. Well, where, where were we called? Uh, well, it looks like, verse 20, um, that you were called uh, to suffer uh, taking it patiently. Uh, that's a, a calling of ours. Uh, for even hereunto were you called, because Christ has suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. That's a good verse to end on. That'd be a good verse for the week to help encourage us this week. And we'll finish up this chapter Sunday. Uh, but um, here unto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. What weighty words that the God of glory overshadowed the womb of a virgin and became a man, was born into this world in the dispensation of the fullness of time. God sent forth his son. He was made of a woman, and the Bible says that he might be a faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God. He was fashioned unlike his brethren. A body hast thou prepared me. He came and lived in a human body to show you how to live, that you should follow in his steps. Who, when, And it's going to go on to tell us, not only that he suffered, he was sinless, he's sanctified, submissive substitute. And we'll look down through that and that we're sheep. Uh, but it show, it's going to go on and tell us um, how that he was reviled and he reviled not again. Um, here's some, that next verse is going to talk about when he suffered. He threatened not. He never gave one of these. Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know what I could do to you? You do that again and I'll. He never did that. He just, as a sheep before shears was dumb, so he opened not his mouth. And he just patiently endured affliction, having done no wrong. The Bible said neither, they, uh, neither was any guile found in his mouth. He was numbered with the transgressors, made um, his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. And he had done no violence, not a thing in this world did Jesus do wrong. But yet he suffered unlike any human beings ever suffered in this life. Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. And the Son of Man hath nowhere to even lay his head. And we're supposed to follow in his footsteps. So folks, when we're mistreated and we're lied upon and we're talked about and we're misunderstood because somebody, you may have said something and they took it the wrong way or the, whatever the case is. Um, we don't need to pay people back and get even and all those kinds of things. We just, we just need to humble ourselves, be holy, honor people, respect them no matter how they treat you. And you say, well, that's difficult. I understand it's difficult. One of the most hardest and most difficult things you can do is treat, be respectful to people that don't show anybody else respect. Um, makes me want to smack them, to be honest with you. Uh, it's easy to respect respectable people, uh, but that's not the expectation here. The expectation here is that you and I honor all men and be respectful and be good servants of our bosses. We ought to be the best employee on the job side. Um, the boss says to do it, and he's not outside of his rules and his expectations that are inside that company. 
then you just need to do it. And he's not crossed the Bible. And we just need to be obedient servants and do what we're asked, what's asked of us. And the Lord will reward us for that. And not look for him to change the situation. A lot of people are praying that God changes the situation with this virus thing. And of course, we all do. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants it. I don't want it. Um, but um, uh, I think there's a greater work that needs to be done more than a situation changed. I think a lot of churches, we need our hearts changed. Uh, when's the last time we've seen revival? Uh, when's the last time we've seen God move in our communities and, and shut things down? It's sad to shut the beer and liquor stores down, uh, to shut things down. It took a virus uh, because churches don't have any more power than they do in these days. And I don't believe that's accounted to God. And I know it's the last days. I think it's mighty your lack of commitment. And so we're going to see at the end, if you're able to hear Sunday, um, he committed himself unto him. I don't think maybe we're not committed. But, Lord, we love you. Help us. We're, I know I'm a failure myself, Lord, and I want to be a better Christian, a better daddy, a better husband uh, in these last days to be a greater example to other people. Uh, help me to live up to what I'm preaching. It's a great expectation for Christians that we be uh, treat people with dignity and respect and honor. Uh, and do what we're asked, what's asked of us, Lord, uh, on our jobs and other places. Um, help us to do it with the right spirit, not out of spite, but as unto the Lord who died for us, who came and lived and was reviled, having done no wrong. He did that for us. Surely we can suffer a little bit down here uh, having his example. So we love you. Help us to show the love of Christ to others. And I pray for our people this week, Lord, of the Harriman Baptist Tabernacle. You'd protect all of our people. I pray for the employers that employ our people as well, that you'd help them to prosper where these men and ladies can continue to work and provide for their families. We love you. Thank you for all you've done and shall do in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you this Sunday. God willing.